it is still worth it to just wake up every morning being the person you were created to be, whether it makes sense to everyone else or not. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hi friends, welcome back to Gather and Growth. I am so looking forward to today's interview. It has been a long time coming. Today I am talking with Court Dehoff. Court, Courtney, welcome to the show. You can call me whatever you want. It's Court Dehoff on social media because if you see how my first name is spelled, it's a disaster. My mom, it's the French spelling. We're not French. So that's a that's cool. So yes, it's just Court Dehoff on social media. It just makes it easier for everybody. But I go by Court or Courtney. But thanks so much for having me. This is fun. Okay. So for someone who is maybe just getting to know you for the first time, I don't know how, but Let's pretend this is the first time they've ever heard who you are. Give us a little context for what you do in the world and what brought you to today. Okay, awesome. Well, I like to tell people I'm a cowgirl turned television host. That is sort of the beginning of my story. I grew up on a ranch in Kansas. My grandparents are ranchers. My mom and dad have a small cow-calf operation And I just grew up surrounded by amazing cowgirls and cowboys in Kansas. I showed Angus cattle all over the country. I high school rodeoed in Kansas. I was on the college rodeo team at Oklahoma State. So had a lot of fun there. Just was a kid that grew up surrounded by ag. During my time at Oklahoma State, got an internship at a little local television station and fell in love with it. I decided I wanted to be a TV host. That was going to be my calling in life, my passion, my one and only career. I was convinced (laughs) at the age of 20 that that Mm -hmm. was it for me. So graduated from Oklahoma State, immediately landed my first job in Nashville, Tennessee, and then eventually just worked my way up in the markets and eventually ended up on a nationally syndicated show based out of Dallas, Texas, and had this really great career. And I love telling stories. I prefer to call myself a storyteller rather than maybe a television host or a speaker, all the other things I do, but I am a storyteller at heart and worked in mainstream television for 10 years, really hid who I was, the cowgirl side of me, because in the TV industry, they did not understand the cowboy hat and the cowboy boots. And I had an agent one time tell me, you know, if you wear that thing on your head, like people are going to think you're from somewhere like Kansas. And I didn't have the heart to tell him that I was from Kansas. And so I hid the cowgirl side of me completely for over a decade in order to try to be accepted and fit into the world of mainstream television. And I did. And it was great. And I had never been more miserable in my life. You know, I had this dream job. I was working at the network level by the time I was 30. On paper, it was kind of impressive, you know, like 
all the stars were aligning, but I had never been more unhappy. And it took me over a decade to finally realize what was missing. And it was the cowgirl side of me, right? The very part of me I had tried to run away from. I grew up in Tonganoxie, Kansas. Like I didn't want anybody to know, you know, where Tonganoxie was or that I had grown up there, that I grew up, grown up on a ranch at least in that world, right? Because I just so badly wanted to be taken seriously and fit in. And when I finally had enough and I finally was like, you know what? I'm trying to be all of the things that this industry wants me to be, but I'm still just really unhappy. I decided to just embrace my cowgirl roots. And I decided to sort of embrace both because the truth of the matter was I love living in major cities. I love walking red carpets. I love going to fashion shows. I love hanging out with fancy people at fancy parties and and doing all of the big city life things. But I also really, really love where I came from and that cowgirl side of me. So I was like, I'm going to be both. I'm going to be a fancy lady cowgirl. I want to be a fancy lady and a cowgirl. I'm going to do all the things and just sort of very organically and naturally started slowly sharing my story on social media. Like I never fit in here. And then when I decided I was like, I'm going to be the cowgirl, right? The, you know, the fourth generation, like grew up the agriculture industry was like, you don't actually own a horse. You can't be a cowgirl if you don't own right. a horse. And I was like, well, but, but, I, but I used to. And they're like, no, we don't care. You're not a real cowgirl. Goodbye. You know, mm-hmm. and it was sort of this like give and take. I couldn't find a table that I was like welcome at. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to sit at my own table and I'm going to sit there alone as long as it takes. Right. And eventually through sharing my story on social media, other women started to join the table. And it was women who, like many of us, are multiple things, right? They might be cowgirls. They might be farmers. They might be seventh generation. They might be first generation. Perhaps they've never seen a a corn in a field or a cow in a field in real life ever, but they just have a real interest and a passion for the lifestyle. And so all of these women sort of started joining my fancy lady cowgirl community it grew into. And it's just been this really beautiful journey. And I think the thing that surprised me the most is that there are thousands of women around the world who felt the way that I felt. I always just thought I was the oddball, like the kid who grew up on the ranch and then was like, I'm going to Hollywood because that makes sense. And I just always felt like I was sort of this strange, I didn't ever fit into either, but it turns out there were a lot of women who had similar feelings. So now Face Lady Cowgirl is just a community of women from all over the world who embrace the cowgirl spirit in whatever way makes sense to them, right? As long as you have a love or a passion or an interest in the lifestyle, you're welcome in my community. I love that so much. And the thing that I resonate so deeply with that you said is like, everything was good on paper. I had done all of these things that I expected of myself more than anyone ever expected me to do. And it was the most miserable I was in my life. And I feel like that's so relatable in whatever capacity someone is listening into. Like the harder we try to check all of the boxes that someone put us in, the more we try to aligned to what we feel like we should be doing, the further we get away from ourselves mm-hmm. and that like discontent grows. And for a while you can, you can fake it long enough mm-hmm. before you're like this, this just isn't it. And so I love for you that it was like this coming home back to yourself and how do I integrate these multiple worlds? And yours was kind of interesting because it was the reverse 
like bringing your cowgirl roots to the city life that you loved. Mm -hmm. And I think about myself, like I did not grow up in ag. I grew up in Metro East St. Louis area in what I thought was a small town. In retrospect, I had how many targets within an hour drive? And now I'm finding myself in a small town and would not want to live anywhere else, but kind of have the flip side of that of like, well, I don't necessarily fit in this like farm wife box or this like, I grew up in a town of 42, which is what I live in now box. So how do I, you know, find people in community that understand what it's like to exist in multiple spaces without feeling like I have to pick sides. Yeah, for sure. And and that's sort of, you know, I always say with Fancy Lady Cowgirl, I don't care if you own a cowboy hat. I don't care if you've ever ridden a horse. I don't care if you, maybe you don't even like horses. To me, cowgirl is a mindset. It is not an occupation. It is not just an occupation, right? Because growing up, it was always instilled within me that cowgirl represents so much more, right, Mm -hmm. than just a job. And so that's been sort of like part of my message too. And and not everyone agrees with it. You know, there are a lot of cowgirls, I'm using my my air quotes, (laughs) because I think when you're mean on social media, you're not really exemplifying what it means to be a cowgirl. But There are a lot of women who vehemently disagree with me, right? But I just think that there's room for all kinds of kinds. And the agriculture industry needs all types. We desperately need people like you who are first generation. I told you earlier, I I recorded another podcast right before this. And one of the things that the three of us on this podcast were talking about, we were all multi-generational agriculture, you know, born into it. We all agreed that we're most impressed by people like you. It takes so much courage to step into this space. It takes so much tenacity and integrity to sort of stay true to who you are, but also embrace this whole new lifestyle and this whole new culture that has all of these intricacies and, you know, things. And so I just really, that's Fancy Lady Cowgirl in a nutshell. You know, I just, it's like swinging open the barn gates and saying, come on in, come as you are. If you're wearing stiletto heels and a Ralph Lauren suit, like bring it, honey. If you have shit on your boots and you just got done working cattle, don't change. Come as you are. You know, that's sort of like the mentality. Because to your point, it can be hard. Like, how do you find people like you? How do you find your community in a small town? And so that's what's been really fun, you know, with with Fancy Lady Cowgirl. And it's been really cool living in these big cities that I live in. All my city friends have fully embraced it. They have cowboy hats. They're going to these Western events with me. You know, I'm taking friends to cuttings for the first time, to their first rodeo. Mm-hmm. I have girls who have never ridden horses in their lives playing polo. I mean, it's just been so fun to see how, you know, people who really have no connection to the industry are so intrigued and enthralled and they just need someone to say, hey, come on, come with me. You're welcome. Right. Which I think is so interesting because when I talk to so many people and women in agriculture, like so often the number one goal is I want to connect with consumers. I want to share our story. Mm -hmm. I want more people to be aware of where their food comes from. And so then there's people who try to ask questions or understand or try to, you know, come into the industry as someone who didn't grow up in it. And then there's like this whole group of people who are like, no, 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 not like that. Like Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not one of us. So you are not one of us. And I just think that's such a fascinating paradigm. 
Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I'm really excited to share an opportunity that I think you or someone you know will be very interested in. Gather and Growth is looking to collaborate with businesses and organizations that align with our mission of serving rural women who are passionate about personal and professional growth. We would love to partner together to elevate your brand by connecting it with the women who genuinely want to hear your message and support you. Sponsorship opportunities are available from everyone from small businesses to large corporations. So if you think you'd be a great fit, click on the link in today's show notes. Yeah, it's a, it, it's interesting and I get it a lot and I'm born into the industry. Right. So I can only imagine the people that are trying to step into the industry for the first time. I mean, I hear it all. They hate me. They hate my hat. They hate my outfits. They mm-hmm. hate the horse that I don't have. They hate that <laughs> I think that I'm a cat. And it's like, you see this sort of conversation happening on social media and it happens to all of us, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just so disappointing because that is not agriculture. I know the people of agriculture and I know how good they are. And for me, that's why I continue to show up in this space. That is why I continue to put on fancy clothes and make reels and talk about being a cowgirl and how it's a state of mind and how I read all the, you know, 500 comments about how much they think I, you know, they hate me because all it takes is one comment to say, thank you for giving me permission. Thank you for showing me that it's okay not to look or act like everyone else in agriculture. Thank you for making me feel not quite so dumb, right? Like it's those comments that sort of reinstill that like, okay, Courtney, you're you're doing something right. You're using your voice in the way that God intended, whether people agree with you or not, like agree to disagree. You know, you don't, you, if there's something that you don't like, Remove yourself from it. Don't Mm -hmm. sit there and continue to just tear apart everyone else because there's room for all of us. There's room for all of us in this space. Like agriculture needs all of us if we are going to ever shift this narrative. And when I say all of us, I don't mean the farmers and the cowgirls and the grass-fed beef and the corn-fed beef and the poultry, like everybody's doing their own thing. No, we have to all come together as one unit Mm-hmm. And just be a little kinder and a little more welcoming. And so, yeah, to your point, I do see that a lot in the agriculture industry. We're great at being an echo chamber, you know, talking amongst ourselves. That does no good, right? We get it. We understand the industry. It is mainstream America that we have to get our message out to. And in order to do that, sometimes you got to do things that are a little different. You have to do things that are not so traditional. And so that's kind of my mindset on that whole thing. You don't want me to get on a bender about the haters because this will turn into a five hour podcast. <laughs> I mean, we, we can certainly get there next because I do have a lot of questions, but yeah. And I, one piece of advice I give so many women as they, they want to share their story or connect with people is like, sometimes I think often the best way to advocate for agriculture is to stop talking about it. And build relationships and connections with people based on all of these other parts of who you are, whether it's skincare or whether it's fashion or whether it's Mm -hmm. mom life or whatnot. To your point, you have all of these friends in these demographics who would have never had access to 
what life is actually like with cattle in Kansas. And now they do because you have stepped into this world that's outside of where you grew up and brought it alongside with you. And, you know, I think about most of the people I went to college with also were not connected to agriculture. They're from like the mm-hmm. Chicagoland area. So now they're following along as, you know, I'm a farm wife and seeing just what that day-to-day looks like, but it's not the only thing I talk about. It's one piece of my story. It's where we're raising our family and I love it here, but I'm a multidimensional person. And so because we have all of these connector points, now they have access to a world that they wouldn't necessarily seek out otherwise. So I love the connectivity of being able to bridge those two worlds together. Yeah, it's been really fun and really cool. And, you know, sharing your story, it doesn't have to be on social media. You don't have to have Mm -hmm. thousands of followers. You know, it can be as simple as, for me, a lot of times it's just wearing a cowboy hat into a room in Dallas. And it's funny because when I first moved here, my parents were so excited because this is Texas. There are right. cowboys on the streets. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and I'm in Dallas, not Fort Worth. And it is very much a city. It is very mm-hmm. much a metropolitan area. But even just wearing my cowboy hat to an event here in Dallas, like talk about a conversation starter. Are you a cowgirl? Yeah, I am. And then you go, oh, okay. Like, what does that entail? What does that mean? You know, or even, oh my gosh, like, I love your hat. Can I look at it? And <laughs> sure, like, I'll take it off. I'll tell them what it's made of. I mean, it can be as simple as that. Those are the things that people remember. People remember how you make them feel. Yes. And so whether you're advocating on social media or in person, you know, you just have to remember, people remember how you made them feel. And so share your story in a way that leaves a lasting impression on people. Yeah. And I firmly believe hearts are changed more through trust and relationships than just being the loudest person shouting your opinion. For sure. And so, yeah, to bring it back to the, I think a lot of people's greatest fear in living authentically as themselves or saying what they want to say is, oh my gosh, what is everyone going to think? Whether it's Mm -hmm. the girl down the street, your high school friends, your mother-in-law, your whoever. And you have certainly been on the opposite side of hearing what a lot of people think. What advice would you give someone who is considering what it would look like to live more authentically as themselves? Well, I can tell you that when I finally started to just show up exactly as I am, as the cowgirl, as the fancy lady, as the television host, as the rodeo kid, as the all of the things, when I finally just embraced wholeheartedly who I am on the inside, that is when my life changed exponentially for the better. Mm. I started opportunities that I never saw coming, started just appearing I just felt like a person again. You know, I come from an industry that every single thing is controlled, right? Every word out of your mouth is written by a producer and then an executive producer looks over it and then does it align with the network values, your outfit, your makeup, your hair, you know, every single part of who you are is controlled and it is very carefully scripted and managed and you molded into what they need you to be in order to get ratings, right? And so when I finally just embraced who I was, whether the TV industry or whoever liked it or not, that's when the real journey began for me, truly. 
that is when the most fulfillment really came to my life. And I can just tell you, like, as scary as it is, it's worth it. It's 100% worth it. No matter what Janet7437 says on Instagram about how much she hates you and how stupid you are, it is still worth it to just wake up every morning being the person you were created to be, whether it makes sense to everyone else or not, right? Like Fancy Lady Cowgirl at first kind of gained some traction, I think just because nobody could figure it out. It was such a juxtaposition, right? Like there's this girl in this cowboy hat, but that she's in like full stage makeup and fancy clothes that you would never wear in a barn on a ranch. <laughs> what is she doing? Is she is she weird? Is she dumb? Or is she kind of cool? Like what you know, <laughs> started like this conversation? And then I could use sort of the photos and the things that I was posting to start telling the story of mm-hmm. Lady Cowgirl and what I was trying to create. But yeah, I would just say for anyone listening, life is too damn short to be anybody other than exactly who you were created to be, right? Like life is so short. And it's fleeting. And I think one of the other things to remember, the older you get, the less you're going to care what anyone thinks. And I am already sort of starting to experience that, you know, just age and maturity. And then I like look at someone like my mom who has no filter and is (laughs) she does not care. She will do and say, and I'm like, wow, I can't wait to get to that age. The older you get, Obviously, maturity, the less you begin to care what people think and you you just show up exactly as you are. But I just say go for it. Take the first step. You know, being different, being somebody that people talk about, that's cool. It's courageous. It means you're doing something or you're being the type of person that's worth talking about. I would rather be talked about than not talked about at all, right? Mm-hmm. Because like the saying goes, if no one's talking about you, you're probably not doing something very big. So true. Well, and yeah, like you said, the more you aligned with who you were made to be, the better the opportunities came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you're just fitting yourself in all the boxes, then you're just trucking along and life is good. But mm-hmm. like you've got to do some really cool stuff yeah. that may or may not have transpired if you hadn't been that person. For sure. Yeah. Mm. Worth it. So what's coming up next in the world of Gosh. in the world of Courtney? So much. All of the things. I am I'm hosting my third Fancy Lady Cowgirl event in April of next year, April third and fourth in Fort Worth. And so I'm really excited about that. It's a hundred women from the year before. It was from three different countries. And it's just women who embrace the cowgirl spirit, right? Whatever that looks like for them. And And it's really just an event that you walk into and when you leave, you're ready to just live your most legendary life, you know, through what I call the cowgirl code. And that's courage, originality, worthiness, grit, resiliency, and integrity. And those six principles, which the event is sort of based around, Mm -hmm. lead to legendary lives. I've always just sort of been naturally attracted to women who push the envelope, to women who are not afraid to be themselves, 
women who are not afraid to be outspoken, women who stand for something. And so really Fancy Lady Cowgirl is just a celebration of that. And I bring in all of these incredible women that I admire and we have speakers and we do all kinds of fun stuff. The National Cutting Horse Association is the presenting sponsor. We're going to go to the show, meet some of the trainers, watch some cutting. So it's sort of this fun experiential empowerment event. So I'm really excited for that. Backroad Cowgirls, the TV show, yes, that I co-created with my best friend, Kaya. Um, We co-hosted and co-created the show. You know all about it. We shot 16 episodes in May of last year across California. And really the the focus of Backroad Cowgirls of our show is highlighting the faces of agriculture, all the diverse faces of agriculture, Mm -hmm. and really just introducing mainstream audiences to the people. Because it's the people that change narratives, right? It's not the facts and figures and data. And all of that is great, but you really have to be able to form that human connection. So we just dreamt this up over wine and pasta where all great <laughs> ideas are born. This is like the best story ever. Yeah, we like <laughs> this whole grand plan, raised, fund, you know, crowdfunded, did this whole thing in two months and we're on the road and shot 16 episodes. It's at backroadcowgirls.com. We leave next week. For the next portion, for for Backroad Cowgirls, what's next? We can't really think about it all, um, but it is big Stay and it is tuned. exciting. Yes, mm-hmm. and, uh, because our end goal is to sell this and eventually get it picked up by a streamer on one of the big mainstream platforms. Oh, I just can't wait. I can't wait till I turn on Netflix and just see you and Kaya. Like, you and beautiful faces. You and your like sleek cowgirl look and Kaya and her big, bold, vibrant colors. It's going to be amazing. I have been picking, and this is like not even, I mean, it's in the grand scheme of things, this is not important, but picking out outfits for this upcoming project we have because Kaya and I are complete opposites in our like fashion choices. Mm -hmm. And so she's sending me like all of these amazing ideas and they're like bright and floral. And I'm like, okay, so I'm wearing... Black, 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 black. I'm going to wear some more black, um, all of the things. So it's just been, it's been funny trying to plan our outfit. Well, I love that though. I mean, that goes back to, again, like living authentically as yourself. Sure we are. Yes. And telling the story of agriculture in a unique way for a totally diverse audience. And that's what I'm so excited about. Cause I know you guys really care a lot about like you said, sharing the diverse stories and agriculture is so much bigger than the stereotype that maybe the average person would consider. And so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, yeah, it is. And we're excited and and shooting that, the the episodes for our digital series, you know, was really fun because we had multi-generational ranching families. We had a Japanese American vegetable farmer whose family came over and was actually sent back during the war. Mm -hmm to the internment camps. Some of them made it back, some of them didn't, but Tom Iketa has this beautiful story. One of the ranchers that we interviewed is this amazing woman named Jamie, and she has this direct-to-beef business, and she goes to the farmer's market every week and sells her beef and just has this really cool story. And Jamie is running this amazing business, and she was born deaf. You know, so mm-hmm. Jamie reads lips, and during COVID, she had to figure out how to still work at, you know, the farmer's mm-hmm. market with masks. And, and just... 
there's so many people in agriculture who have these really beautiful stories. And I think sort of a common thread through the Backroad Cowgirl series is sort of that overcomer, right? Because everyone in agriculture has overcome challenges and things that, you know, life doesn't go according to plan all the time, but they've all prevailed and and become really pivotal parts of the industry. So yeah, it was, it's just so fun and it's it's such a great series. So cool. Okay. My next question is a two-part question because you do exist in both spaces. What do you wish you could magically help people who live in cities understand about ag? And then the opposite, what do you wish you could help small town, rural, mm-hmm. you know, middle of nowhere, agriculture, families, people, women understand about life in the city. And I know that's mass generalizations, but I would love to hear your perspective. I think, you know, I just wish, and and that's what we're trying, what I'm trying to do through Fancy Lady Cowgirl and what we're trying to do through Backroad Cowgirls and all of the keynote speaking that I do. Mm -hmm. I just wish that people in urban America understood that agriculture is a passion Mm -hmm. for these people, right? I think sometimes there's that misconception that it's a job. We're just making money. And I say this all the time. There are far easier ways to make (laughs) far more money money. (laughs) than farming or ranching. And even having conversations as simple as, wow, the price of beef is getting high at the grocery store. Yeah, gosh, it is. Like I just bought, you know, beef and yeah, I agree. It was, it was really high. And it's kind of a bummer that, you know, the ranchers only getting a cent, so many cents per, because you can see their eye, because in their mind, that's all going to the farmer or the rancher. Right. And I think it's just sort of gently having those conversations, right? I am not setting out to educate people because right. when you set out to inform and educate and teach people a lesson. It never works. Everyone shuts down. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about ag or any other topic. Yeah. That is like, if I could stand on a soapbox and talk about that for a long time. Right, it's like, right, right. It just, oh. people, you know, people shut that off. And and so I think just through telling stories and building rapport, I wish that people could see the human side mm-hmm. of agriculture. You know, we interviewed a family on Backroad Cowgirls, the Ryan and Allgood family. And when Noel who is the grandfather, talks about this multi-generational ranch, you know, he's this, he's a rancher, right? So you, you kind of understand the demeanor and the picture. And he says, this is not my ranch. This Mm. is my father's ranch. And he, his voice cracks and he has to pause and sort of gather himself. That's what I want people to see. Because Mm -hmm. I think that modern, you know, urban America, they don't know the people behind agriculture. And I always say humans connect to other humans because when you watch that man get choked up, you may not be able to relate to cattle prices or selling beef or the, you know, the challenges he faces in California with environmental regulations and that sort of thing. But you can dang sure relate to wanting to protect something that your family started. It may not be a ranch, right? It may be some other business, or some other legacy, but everyone can relate to wanting to carry on a, a, their family's legacy. And those are the kinds of things that I wish more people in urban America could see. And so that's kind of what you know the goal really is with everything that I'm doing. And then on the flip side, what do I wish agriculture knew about you mm-hmm. know urban America? And I think it's tough. I wish that 
agriculture was a little less quick to write urban America off. They're not stupid. They are not all uneducated. They don't all think that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. But you know what? Some of them do. But that's not their fault. Mm-hmm. I use this analogy a lot. I'm, I've been driving a car since I was 14, 15 years old. If you put me in a Formula One racing car, I wouldn't even know how to turn it on. It's not because I'm an idiot who doesn't know how to drive. It's because it's completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. No one has ever taught me how to drive that race car. The same with agriculture. If no one ever came to their school as a child or if a farmer or a rancher never took the time to invite them in or if a farmer or rancher didn't post something on social media that they saw, like they, they don't know what they don't know. And right. it's, it's frustrating. I get both sides because it's frustrating in agriculture. We're constantly under attack. We are under attack from all directions, from the environmentalists, from the animal rights people, from and it's like, we can do no wrong. We can do nothing right is what it feels like a lot of time in agriculture. And so I think sometimes a lot of times that frustration gets taken out on the consumer mm-hmm. who really at the end of the day just wants to make sure that they're feeding their family safe, nutritious food. Yeah. It's yeah. really that simple. And so I just wish that maybe agriculture would be a little less judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah confidently say that because I've been on the receiving end Mm -hmm. of that from agriculture. So I, I get it because I have this beautiful, unique perspective because I've lived in one of the largest cities in America for over a decade, right? From Dallas to New York, to all these places, I see Mm -hmm. this, this huge disconnect. And at the end of the day too, whoever's loudest is who wins. And right. A lot of times agriculture, we don't want to share our story, right? We don't want people out on our ranch or our operation. We don't want them to see certain things. And I understand that. And that's fine. But if you don't share the story, they're going to find someone who will. And it might not necessarily be the story that agriculture wants shared, right? Right, right. Yeah, I so relate to that. Some of my closest family members live in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. New York City, Chicago, and London. Mm-hmm. And it's been so fascinating since living on the farm. And not only that, we, we on our operation don't have animals, but I'm very connected to people in animal agriculture, which are under a totally different level of scrutiny than, you know, row crop farmers. But what I've come to understand is everyone thinks and believes what they do for a reason. Mm-hmm. They just wake up one day like, oh, this is exactly. yeah. But like the environment that we are in and the messages that we are consuming, regardless of where you live, impact your worldview. Mm-hmm. And so, so often it's like taking that step back of like, well, how did they come to that conclusion? And having empathy for like how they even got there to the first place and being able to listen to the concern and being able to reverse engineer, okay, well, here's what my experience is and here's what I know. And actually sitting down and having a conversation instead of immediately, like you said, like throwing your hands up and being like, oh, well, they don't know anything. Those darn yeah. blah, 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 blah. Right. That's been such a powerful learning experience for me. It's just like what it looks like to understand both. Yeah. Exactly. And then let that guide conversations. It's like, well, no wonder Mm -hmm. you think that. Like, this is what you're hearing. Like, 
come on out, come right in the combine. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I feel like we could go on plenty more soapboxes for a very long time, but I just really appreciate you being here with us today. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Absolutely. Well, before we go, question I ask every guest is, okay. what does personal growth mean to you in this season? Mm, personal growth. That's a great one. That's been something that really, since I left network television, have really been focused on. You know, for me right now, just really simply, I take long walks every day, like four or five miles. It's kind of my only outdoor time since I live in a city. I don't have the privilege, unfortunately, of like riding or being at a combine and being outside. So I listen to podcasts. You know, I'm a I'm a big podcast listener. I, I listen to a lot of Ed Milet, Lewis Howes, all of those super high achiever type people. And it's sort of that mindset of you are who you surround yourself with. So I've got great friends, like real life people that I actually know who are amazing and wonderful that I surround myself with. But I'm like, you know, I don't have access to Ed Milet, but I can listen to his <laughs> podcasts every day. And it's sort of that putting that messaging and stuff back into my brain. So for me, personal growth, you know, it's just always learning, right? I always want to be learning something I always want to strive to be a little better than I was the day before. Investing in my business for the first time this year, I made a pretty decent investment into working with a brand strategy firm, just things like that, you know, investing in myself both financially and just mentally has been huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think such a huge, like you said, investing in yourself and surrounding yourself with Mm-hmm. The kind of people who are emulating who you want to be is game changer, literally what this community is built on. So it makes all the difference. Yeah. It really does. Okay. So you mentioned your Instagram handle in the beginning of our conversation, but where else can we connect with you online? Yeah. So Instagram, TikTok, at Court Dehoff. Facebook is also Court Dehoff. And then Courtney, it is the French spelling. It's C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y. Thank my mother for that one. But if you type it in in Google, it will come up. And of course, backroadcowgirls.com. And then backroadcowgirls.com. You can watch all 16 episodes of Kaya and I's show. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I know that someone is walking away from this feeling inspired and ready to live more authentically as themselves. And that is a gift that just keeps on giving. Go embrace your authenticity. Do Mm -hmm. it. It'll be worth it. Yeah. I, when I think of fancy lady cowgirl, I tagged you in something this morning. That is my daughter. Like she she is like, since she was able to even have an opinion, she's been running around on the farm in the mud in bows and tutus and dresses and I love it because, gosh, I just hope she keeps that forever. Yeah, me too. She's cutie. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. 
Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.